Well, if you'll find Matthew chapter 13, and uh, we're going to read just the first nine verses. There's a lot more verses to it, but I'm going to just uh, pick those specialty verses where Jesus explains what's going on in this passage. And so I want to talk to you this morning about uh, some kingdom principles, and this is the, the soil. I want to talk to you really about the heart. We're going to talk about four different kinds of soil this morning, but the one thing that I want you to know, make no mistake before we ever even start, we're not talking about dirt. We're talking about hearts, and that was the key thing. And one of the things I noticed very early on that those guys, how y'all did all that and gave pastor time to preach, I don't know how you did that, but one of the things that was very neat, y'all just put it all in there this morning. It was great, and uh, I hope that made you feel like you got left out if you weren't here because you should be here. It is fun, it, and it ministers to me. And really, sometimes Vacation Bible School brings things down on a level where you can get it. The adults get more out of it than the children. And, and so there were so many things. Uh, Brother Charlie was kind of an upset. He was kind of a hangry flower when we came. And Ryan was a happy flower. And before the end of the, the week, all the lessons that they went through, he got some water and he got some fertilizer and he got plowed up a little bit. And even a snicker bar that Snickers make everything better, right? And so Brother Charlie got well, and he became a pretty flower. And, as, and then you say, well, that's just so silly, Brother Jerry. No, some of you this morning need some fertilizer spiritually. And, and the Bible says to break up your fallow ground. And the Bible says get you some water. And some of you might need a snicker because, you know, you just, you know I, I got a shirt that says fix your face on it. And people look at me and say, what is that all about? Well, let me tell you what it's all about. Uh, Finley Edge uh, illustrated in his book on teaching, he talks about a man who went out to plant and he took some corn and he went out in his grassy pasture and he just threw corn all over the place. And the guy came by and says, what are you doing? Why are you throwing corn in that grassy field? He says, well, listen, brother, I got faith in God, man. This is God's seed. It's God's son. It's God's water. It's God's grassy field. And I'm just going to throw it out there and I'm going to see what the Lord does. He says, well, I'll tell you what you're going to get. You may get a little corn, but you're probably not going to get much corn at all. You may not get anything. And, and the point was really silly, but the truth is you would say, well, Brother Jerry, who in the world would be that silly, uh, that ignorant, just to throw seed out there and hope that it comes up? Well, I would say to you that most of us sitting in this room sometime is expected for God to do something special in our lives without putting the Word of God in our hearts. We come to church. Every time you come to church and you're not prepared, you didn't plow the field before you got there. You didn't water the soil. You didn't turn it over. You didn't row it off. You didn't harrow it. You didn't ask for God to put the seed where it was to, to belong. The Lord's there giving the seed. I'm throwing the seed out, but nothing's happening because you weren't prepared. So you say, well, if that was silly, then we're silly because we don't do what we're supposed to. Now, in this passage, listen to what Jesus says. He identifies all the players and everybody that was there that day, and, and they're here today too. He says in verse 1, the same day Jesus went out of the house. He sat by the lake. The crowd was so large that Jesus got into a boat. He sat in it while all the people stood on the shore. And then he told them things in parables. Catch that. Jesus told them things in parables. And he said, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seed, some fell on a path. And the birds came and they ate it up. And some fell on some rocky places where it didn't have much soil. It sprang up quickly, but the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up and the plants were scorched, and then they withered because they didn't have any root. And other seed, it fell among the thorns, which grew up and choked the plants out. And still other seed fell on some good soil where it produced a crop of 160 and 30 which was sown, and 
and he, will, he who has ears, he says, let him hear. Now, I ask you a question. I want you all to do me a favor this morning. Everybody say, Brother Jerry, this is silly, but I want you, I want you to do this with me, okay? Because I just want to remind you. All right, everybody, if you got ears, reach up and grab them. Y'all got ears? Y'all got ears? Everybody got ears? That means that what I'm about to say is for you. And Jesus said that to the people. And you say, well, man, that just doesn't make any sense. Jesus says, if you have ears to hear, let you hear. In other words, what Jesus was saying, exactly what the message is today, he says, if you have soil, if you have a heart, I've got something to say to you, and I want you to listen. And so the context of the message, uh, the message comes out of the Sermon on the Mount. And in 5, 6, and 7, Jesus did something very unique. He gave the truth to the people, free and clear and easy to get. Jesus began to preach, and he just told them the truth about the kingdom. He told them everything that they needed to know. But then something very unique happens in Matthew chapter 11. Jesus, it says, began to talk to the people in parables. Now listen very carefully. And at that time, Jesus said, I praise you, Father, Lord, heaven and earth, because you have hidden these things from the wise and the learned. You see, the wise and the learned didn't think that they needed to hear anything. They had it all figured out. And so Jesus says, okay, if that's the way you're going to do me, then what I'm going to do is speak to you in parables so that you can't understand what I'm talking about. And the people that really want to get it will start digging. They'll start preparing the soil. They'll dig up the, the soil of the heart, and they'll say, I want those seeds to come into my heart. And so if you're here this morning and you haven't prepared to be here, you need to right now while I'm preaching bow your head ask God to cleanse you and forgive you to to reveal your your sins to you confess those and prepare your heart and say Holy Spirit you are welcome here y'all all right so Jesus says the people that were wise and learned they didn't get it he said and he says he hid these things from the wise and wise and learned but he revealed them to the little children hey do you know that our children got more gospel this week? And this is why I love VBS. They get it on Monday, Tuesday, get it on Wednesday. They got it Sunday at church when we kicked it off. They got it four days in a row. And so what we were doing is some heavy plowing, some heavy watering, and some heavy fertilizing. And you give the Holy Spirit time to work their hearts so that they can get it and draw them and then all of the adults that were here began to share the gospel of Jesus Christ with them and then and then Jesus goes from there to here come to me all who are weary and heavy laden and I will give you rest listen what Jesus says take my yoke upon you and learn of me Jesus said if you'll take my yoke plow the heart I will teach you the very truth that you need. So chapter 11 and 12, we see that the people rejected Christ. So then when we get to chapter 13, it's the, in chapter 13 of Matthew, it's the chapter about kingdom parables. And then in the parables, Jesus is telling us about the kingdom and how it works. And so uh, in 11, Matthew eleven sixteen, he says, We played the flute for you, you didn't dance. We sang a dirge, and you did not mourn. A while ago, some of y'all may have been thinking, all this loud music and all this stuff for the kids, this is just annoying. Can't we just go back to doing what we always do and come in and I can sit here like this and, be, and get my face fixed? No, you talk, I'm going to tell you, the Lord Jesus Christ and all these folks, they played a, they played a, a flute for you. They, they played something for you to dance. They, they brought the music. The, the stage has been set and people put all this work into it. 
and they, and they don't even want to show up. They want to do what's right. They don't want to open their heart and have a little fun and enjoy the Holy Spirit. And, and, and if you can't get anything else out of the day, you should have been filled with joy that the children heard the message so beautifully all week long. And I want to tell you, in Jesus' name, I call the Holy Spirit as my witness. We had some kids in this building this week that needed someone to put an arm around them, that someone to pat them on the head. And when you see me pat your children on the head, I do it all the time. I want to tell you what I'm doing. I'm asking God to draw them to salvation. I'm asking God to protect them. I'm asking God to help them. I'm asking God to minister to them. There's nothing more important than our children. Nothing. And Jesus said, because you rejected the message and you kept on, all the folks watching by way of the Internet, you've gotten used to staying at home. I thank God that you're listening, but can I just say you need to be here. You say, well, I'm spiritually mature. I don't need to be here. Yeah, but there's some other folks here that aren't spiritually mature. I need you here to teach me. Y'all all right? The point of the introduction in the context is Jesus says in verse 9 that whosoever has ears should let him hear. And here's this important truth that's about the message before I start. The same people that stood there to hear the truth from Jesus Christ are here this morning. How does the teaching and the preaching of the gospel affect you when you hear it? it it's really this, this special part of the text that's preached that comes true as it's being taught, as it's being preached. Intrinsically, the truth illustrates the kingdom principle that Jesus is presenting to us. Listen, 2,000 years ago, Jesus taught this message. And the message is so spiritual and so godly, it's as if Jesus Christ is here teaching it to us again. I'm not Jesus. I can't preach like he could. I can promise you that. But the message that I'm preaching to you, the same thing is going to happen when Jesus preached it while I'm preaching it. You say, Brother Jerry, what are you talking about? Well, the four soil samples... It's going to come alive right in your hearing because this is about hearts. It's about the Word of God and the results that the Word produces. And every time the Word of God is preached, this is what happens. Every time the seeds are sown, these results happen. As a matter of fact, let me tell you how certain and sure it is. When I stand in the pulpit to preach, I know that I'm doing exactly what Jesus did. I'm doing exactly what Paul the Apostle did. I'm doing exactly what James did or anyone else over the years. I'm doing what W.A. Criswell and Spurgeon did. We're doing the exact same thing, and I want to tell you, you can't stop what's going to happen this morning. He said, well, I'm a, I don't have to listen. You're going to hear it. It's going to happen. Why, Brother Jerry? The truth of the message will bear upon your heart as if Jesus were here himself. Now listen, the elements for this spiritual, it's not magical, it's not mystical, it's spiritual. And the three players are in this room. The same people that were listening to Christ are listening to Brother Jerry this morning. Now how good is that? The same three people, the same three, the seed, the sower, and the soil. I'm sowing... The team was here singing. The kids were down here. They were sowing seeds. They were doing something to your heart. The music's been played. The prayers have been, been prayed. Uh, the songs have been sung. And the seed's being, being sown. And I want to tell you, you can't stop a seed from germinating. You can't stop it. It's going to happen. And so here we are 2,000 years later, and the same thing is happening. 
Let's, let's talk about the deliberate sower and the dynamic seed. <clears throat> in Matthew 13 and 3 and 4, he says, He told them many things in parables. A farmer went out to sow seed, and he scattered it on the soil. And so this is evangelism, folks. This is exactly what's happening. We were talking about farming this week, and everything that you see up here was done by the folks. All the decorations in the hallway were geared towards putting your heart in the form of understanding what happens on a farm. And what does, it, what does happen on a farm? They grow things. And so there's a farmer, and that farmer goes out and he sows his seed. But he doesn't just scatter it all over the place. He prepares the soil when he does that. And then there's the seed, which is the message itself. And I've got news for you. There's a lot of preachers that have gotten different seed today. It, this is the seed of the gospel. And I'm not here to preach to you a bunch of foolishness. I'm here to preach to you the Word of God. I'm here to preach salvation in Jesus Christ. That I still believe in 2022 that the gospel message is as powerful as it's ever been. And, and as I want to say with Paul, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. And, and we're not going to jack it up and water it down and, and, and move it over and change it and reform it. It's the gospel message that Jesus saves sinners, whether they're five years old, four years old, or 104 years old, it's still the same process, and we're going to sow some seeds. And as he scattered, <clears throat> there's many methods to scattering. The farmer threw this seed, but sometimes the Holy Spirit just does it. God does it himself. Sometimes it's done through a preacher. Sometimes it's done through a song. Sometimes it's through an article. Sometimes it's through a little gospel track. And sometimes it's just a little kid that's standing in the front of Woodlake Baptist Church that got so excited that they were coming to vacation Bible school. They got sad when it was over. And the mother said, hey, why are you so sad today? They said, because we're not going to church, to VBS today. How many of y'all felt that way this morning? Oh, it's Sunday Oh, bless the Lord, oh, my soul. I get to go and hang out with my buddies, and iron sharpens iron, and we're going to hear the message and sing some songs, and people have prepared here to feed us, just spoon-feed us the gospel. Arthur Pink said this, I love this. A little child may drop a seed as effectively as a man. The wind may carry it and accomplish as much though an angel from heaven had planted it. Boy, you don't think that's true? I want to tell you something. There's some kids that will climb up into old crusty old grandpa's lap. And he hadn't been to church in 20 years, 50 years. Some of them never been to church. And their grandchildren will climb up in their lap and say, Guess what I learned in vacation Bible school this week? Jesus wants to be your friend, Paul Paul. Jesus wants to love you, Paul Paul. And they'll hug Paul Paul around the neck. And you know what? Paul Paul can't get rid of that child. He can't run them off like he does grandma or his own children because those, grand, those grandkids will climb up in his heart and just wear his heart out and soften that old heart, and then it'll get a crack in it. And then the next thing you know, they'll learn a verse in Sunday school, and they'll come by, and they'll climb up in Papa's lap on the porch, and they'll say, Today I learned, for God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, and grandpa's heart will start to melt, and it'll open up. A child can do that. That's what the gospel does. And so with that, let's talk about these little hearts. Notice in verse 4, 18 and 19. And as he was scattering the seed, that old seed fell on the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Listen then to what the parable of the sower means. Preacher, I want to talk to my preacher buddies for a minute. You don't, you don't have to allegorize the text. 
the Son of God just said, here's what, the t- here's what it means. And when Jesus tells you what it means, that's what it means. Amen? And he says, here's what the parable means. When someone hears the message about the kingdom and it does not understand it, the evil one comes, he snatches it away, uh, snatches away what is sown in the heart. Remember, we're not talking about dirt, we're talking about hearts. But Jesus, I believe with all of my heart, was looking up at the hillside and there was probably some Jewish fella out there casting seed. And Jesus thought that'd be a great illustration led by the Spirit of God. He's the Son of God. And he began to teach the people in terms that they could understand if they would just dig a little bit. And Jesus says, here's these hearts. This is the seed that's sown along the path. And there's something wrong with the path. And any of you who've ever had a garden, you know that one of the biggest problems that we have is you can't get in your garden to tend the garden without walking somewhere. And you've tilled it up and you've worked so hard, but then you walk out there in that garden, and what do you do? You, you, you got one place. And so instead of just keep packing it down, you walk in the same place all the time. And when you sow seed, sometimes it hit that path. And that path is hard. It's been beaten down. And the seed won't go in the soil. So it sits on the top too long. And then all of a sudden, a bird comes along, grabs that seed, and off it goes. And the bird got the seed. And Jesus says the evil one comes along, and he takes it like that's the devil. And he says when, the, when, the, when it's sown, you, you see, y'all think I'm kidding, but see, I don't like cell phones going off, and I know it happens, and it's an accident, and I'm not calling anybody out, but let me just say to you, sometimes somebody's focused on the Word of God, and someone gets up and distracts that person. The devil came along, got the seed, and off it went. Sometimes uh, crazy things happen with the sound system. Sometimes you're on the way to work and there's a, or, or to church and there's a wreck or whatever it may be. The, the, the seed is sown, but the devil comes in. That's why we try to do things and make it as smooth as we possibly can, not have interruptions in the service. I want you to have the Word of God in uninter- uninterrupted form so that the service flows. We want to make sure that we put the evil one out. But this is a heart. What is the, the path heart? What is the soil? It's a hard heart. In Ephesians 4, 17, he says, you've become so, so sensitive to the things of the world that now you're, in, you're not sensitive to the things of God anymore, and you've got a hard heart. And some people come in here, and I want to tell you, I preach to them, and I can see their faces, and they cross their arms, and they say, bless me if you can. You're not putting that in my heart. And I want to tell you, before they get out the door, the birds come. The evil one comes, and he takes it away. In 2 Corinthians 2.14, it says, The natural man doesn't receive the things of the Spirit of God. They're foolishness unto him. Neither can he know them. What did Jesus say a while ago? We sang for you. We danced for you. We gave you the word. But because your hearts were hard, you couldn't understand it. And he says, so here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to give it to the little children because they've got faith and their hearts are open. You tell a kid at 6.30 in the morning, we're going to McDonald's this afternoon. He'll drive you crazy till you take him to McDonald's. Why? Because he believes that you're going to keep your word. They're waiting on you to take them. And you tell, a, you tell a child, Jesus loves you. He'll forgive you of your sins. They don't have to know all the theology. All they got to know is that they're sinners. Jesus saves sinners. And if you'll give your heart to Jesus, he'll come into your heart. That's what we do here. We tell the children. We tell them about the blood of Christ. We tell them about the cross. In James 2, it says, Be doers of the word, not just hearers only. When the word is preached and you don't act upon it, Christian, people have asked me, Pastor, is this message for lost people or saved people? Yes, Because these four hearts are in the house of God too. 
These four hearts, the, the lost person adopts one of these hearts. And his heart gets so hard. He hears the truth. He doesn't act on it. Abraham was a man of faith. Abraham was a doer of the word. So the path is where the sower walks. It gets packed down. It, it has the influence of Satan in its life. The truth is snatched away from it. It's a hard soil. It has satanic influence. They don't understand. It gets stolen away. The soil is hard. It's apathetic. But Edmund Burke said, All that is necessary for the forces of evil to win in the world is for good men to do nothing. If you hear the message and you don't do anything, you're going to be in trouble. The, the, mess, the truth of it goes away. You know what blesses my heart? Somebody will text me on, on a, a Monday morning and say, Pastor, I went back and was listening to your message. And I've got a question. Some folks didn't want to hear it the first time. And they went back and they listened to it again. I've put, listen, I have plowed and planted. We put notes online. I want to tell you, I don't know very many pastors that will do that. It's there. And it's way more online that's here. People use it for their devotional material. And see, you have access to the seed. I'm trying to give you access to the seed. But this right here, see, the soil is hard. It's prideful. It doesn't need the truth. I got my little thing. I checked my box. I'm out of here. Let me tell you, here's, what the, here's, the, here's the most difficult one to take. Here's our main problem. This soil hadn't been disturbed in a long time. I had a little basketball court out back, and we didn't have any concrete, so it was just on dirt. How many of y'all play basketball on a dirt basketball court? And we beat that ball. I guarantee you, me and my buddies play basketball out there in my backyard, and we bounce that ball, and we bounce that ball, and we bounce that ball. And then one, my, one day my dad said, that's where I'm going to put my garden, son. We've got to move your basketball goal. He said, son, go get the tiller and till that up. A young man, 16 years old, I thought I was going to die before we got that tilled up. Some of the prettiest, richest soil you ever saw in your life in our backyard in Augusta, Georgia. But I'll tell you about killing me tilling it up because we've been pounding it down. The soil hadn't been broken up. The soil was fallow. In Jeremiah 4.3, says, Break up your unplowed ground and do not sow among the thorns. Don't, don't sow among the thorns. Plow it up. Sow for yourselves, Hosea 10.12. Sow for yourselves righteousness. Reap the fruit of unfailing love and break up your unplowed ground. For it is time to seek the Lord until he comes in. You say, well, Brother Jerry, what am I going to do with all these people with hard hearts? And we've got to plow up the ground. That's what we've been doing this week. We've been plowing it up. We've been digging it up. We've been pushing it aside. We've been pulling weeds. We've been putting fertilizer on Brother Charlie and giving him snicker bars. And we've been waiting for him to get be a happy flower. You got somebody in your life that's not a happy flower? Plow the ground. It, listen. Here's hope for the deceived heart. Those who sow in tears reap with songs of joy. He who goes out weeping, carrying precious seed, will return with songs of joy, carrying sheaves with him. You got somebody you're thinking about right now? Just keep plowing. We, listen, we're constantly dropping seeds in it. This is how we get hope for the heart. We slowly break up the ground. And as we, as we need, all, all we need is a little small opening in the soil. And so you say, Brother Jerry, what are you talking about? And so I had this experience this weekend, we, or last week at lunch. I went to lunch, shared with someone. There was a, uh, there was a, 
a language barrier. There's a cultural barrier. There's a person who's Chinese, a person who steeped in Buddhism. And I couldn't do everything at one time, but y'all know what I did? Man, I ran over there. And I poked a hole in the seed. I poked a, turned the ground. I threw a seed in there. I covered it up. I watered it, and I took off running. So well, that ain't going to do no good. Yeah, but next time I go to the Chinese restaurant, I'm going to run over there. I'm going to poke a hole. I'm going to drop another seed. I'm going to put some water and some fertilizer, and then I'm going to take off. Anybody in here with me? That's what you do. I can't, I can't throw a, I can't get a tomato. I can't get a watermelon. You, you can't get it right now. I got to plant it, and I got to water it. Paul says, I planted, Apollos watered. Somebody will see the increase. You see, next week, Brother Charlie may go in there. And Brother Charlie do a little planting, a little seeding. That's what it's all about. Here's the good thing about seed. You can't stop it. That's why I told you, it's just as if Jesus is preaching this morning. Same message he tried to say is, same thing happening. Led people to Christ, their family turned against them, and everybody else, guess what? Can't take it back. <laughs> they got saved. They're redeemed. Going to heaven. Going to glory. Nothing you can do about it. Sorry. Don't you tell my kids about that stuff. Too late. I already shared the gospel with them. They heard the truth. Guess what? They're going to keep hearing the truth, and they're going to get saved. You can't take it. Once I put the seed in there, water it, cover it up, Jesus does his thing. And then when you add the, the reality of the Holy Spirit to it, oh, it really gets dynamic then. It gets really good. I don't want Satan to come and snatch it away. It, it, it literally... It, Hearing the truth too much is some of the birds that will come. This is for saved people. They'll hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, hear it, get used to it, and ignore it. The simplicity of it. Do you know why? You see, a lot of preachers say, no, VBS is over. We're not going to do any of that stuff on Sunday morning. Regular church. Let me tell you something. When you see the kids, anytime the kids sing on Sunday morning, it's a good Sunday because it softens hearts. It, I mean, it does every time. It softens the hearts. When, when it comes down, you sing little songs and was happy and happy, happy, happy. That's what happens. It opens people up that never would even listen. It catches you off guard, and it brings the message down. Uh, my professor, my Greek professor said, listen, learn all the Greek you can, but put the cookies on the bottom shelf. Jesus used an agricultural illustration to reach people. It wasn't, it wasn't to, to be impressive. And so he says, people hear the truth too much sometimes. Act on it. Not hearing it enough is a bird that will come get that seed. Lack of faith. A crisis. You know, people have a crisis. They don't like something that happened. They hear the truth. They turn away from God. That's a bird that came and got the truth. Amusements. Many people are being amusing themselves on Sunday morning now. They're at the lake and they're all over the place. You, you hear a man, wow, we got, got us a beach house. Praise the Lord, man. Thank God for that. That may be the last time you see him on Sunday morning. Was that a blessing? Persecution. When persecution comes, that's a bird. Don't be a deceived heart. Soften the heart. The second heart is a defenseless heart. He says, some of the seed fell on rocky places where it didn't have much soil. But it, and he says, it came up quickly. Soil was shallow. But when the sun came up and some trouble happened, he fell away. The one who received the seed that fell on the rocky places is the man who hears the word and at once receives it with joy. But since he doesn't have any root, he lasts only a short time. When trouble or persecution comes because of the what? 
the word. The word was what caused him to have problems. The seed itself caused the problem. And then he falls away. This is the person that's emotional. If I had a dollar for every emotional person that ever got saved that I never saw again, two weeks later after they got saved, we could all retire. Y'all all right? And here, you know, why does that happen? No roots. No roots. This person's superficial. In verse number five, it says that the seed didn't get down deep. The word deep is the word for greatness in the New Testament. It's the word for immense. It's the word for depth or profundity. This person never, ever gets past the first daisies of Christianity because he didn't have any roots. Now, one of the things that I've just enjoyed over the last two or three years that I've gotten into is everywhere I go and I see something I like, I get a pinch off of it. And people with me, they'll say, that doesn't belong to you. I says, this new one will. And the first thing that you do when you get something, you pinch a pinch off of it. I've literally stopped at people's house and said, I love that tree. Can I have a pinch off your tree? And they'll say, oh, yeah, good, get it, man. Have to. They've got a whole tree there. What's the first thing I want to do when I get a pinch off of that? You want to get it water. And then what's the next best thing? You've you got to have roots. You see, if you don't get any roots, it'll eventually die. Even though it's in soil and water, it's got to have roots. And sometimes... I even had something, not recently, I planted, it had, it had blooms on it. I planted it, it didn't have any roots. It bloomed, and then it died. I've seen a lot of people that bloomed, and they hung around God's house, and they started talking like a Christian, walking like a Christian, looking like a Christian, and then they're gone. And you see, what happened was persecution came. I've got a, a septic tank in my backyard. Y'all got one of those, don't you? Some of you, a bunch of you lucky enough to be on sewer, but it looks so green and pretty in the spring, and you would never know anything was under there. You wouldn't know all that gook is there, but boy, when it gets around July, the ground turns just brown because there's only about that much dirt on top of it, and the roots on that grass is so shallow, boy, when the heat hits, guess what it does? It just turns brown. You can tell right where the septic tank's at. And I want to tell you, the people that don't have any roots, it won't be long before all the gook comes to the surface and they've got diseases. And the plant just simply won't live. It's a superficial heart. It's an emotional heart. But it's void of any way to get substance. The emotionalism has to be replaced with sound doctrine and teaching. And how do you do that? Let me just tell you, if you got saved recently, listen to me. If you've been saved over six months or a year, you know what I'm telling you is true. Persecution, trials, suffering come. You know why that happens? Because it separates the true Christian from the non-Christian. If you quit, but if you hang in there and you trust God and you fight through it, guess what happens? It proves that you got roots. It proves that you're one of His. And see, it proves that you're not defenseless. And it says here, Jesus point blank said, when that, when that guy got tested, he fell away. He didn't make it. He was defenseless. This is defenseless soil. It's a defenseless heart against trials and persecution. You see, it falls away. Now notice this. It falls away because of the very source of life that it has. Jesus said that it fell away because of the truth. So how many times I've been preaching... We do things that are godly, stand on the truth, preach the truth. And I'm telling you, the last, the, the, 
It's a little while ago. It wasn't the last one that happened. But somebody came out in that foyer by that door where I'm standing most Sundays. Put their finger in my chest and said, preach it. Don't ever back up. Preach it, preach it, preach it, preach it. God is my witness. Shortly after that, they got offended by the truth. And they left. And they went somewhere else where the gospel's not being preached. The very thing that gives life is the very thing that causes them to fall away. The Greek word here is a very interesting word. It's the word scandalizo. It's in verse number 21 of your text in Matthew 13. It says, it is the word that means to fall away or to be offended. The very thing, the very thing that's supposed to bring life was the thing that caused them to fall away. You know why? They didn't have roots. Now watch this. And he doesn't mind. He's giving me permission to use him as an example. But Sanford, if I preached a message that was hard, it was a hard word and you got convicted and you knew that sin in my life, you would confess it. And then after the service, what would you come tell me? Say, Pastor, thank you so much. I had sin in my life, and I needed it out. I want to be close to God. Pastor, thank you for revealing that sin to me. Can I say to this, I'm called the Holy Spirit as my witness. Unto the Lord Jesus, I, I call his, his witness in my heart right now. I get convicted by my own preaching sometimes while I'm preaching it. And while I'm preaching, I confess my sin and say, Father, thank you for showing that to me because these, these folks, these sheep need me to be clean. And I pray, Father, you, God, you know that that's my weakness. Lord, forgive me. Sometimes the truth in my office when I'm preparing these messages for you gets so real that it just crushes my heart. I don't run from that. That's my life source. And I, it's my life source because I've got roots. It's because I belong to Jesus. And I don't want to be a scandalizo. Do you hear the word scandal in there? I don't want to do that. When reality hits, these people bail out. When persecution comes, when, the, when they're offended by the word, they leave. It's defenseless. Then there's a distracted soil. He says, other seeds fell among the thorns and they got choked out. And those who receive the seed that fell among the thorns is the man who hears the word, but the worries of this life and the deceitfulness of wealth choked it out, making it unfruitful. So here's the characteristics of the deceived and the defenseless and now the distracted soil. It's materialistic. He's got a heart that's focused on fame and fortune and pride and pleasure. And when the truth interferes with that, when the plowing up of the fallow ground, when it interferes with that, I'm off doing something else. And so one, one day I was focused, I was in the fight, I was doing what God called me to do. And then the next thing you know, I got a side job, or I got a distraction, or I got something that took me away from the house of God. And now my heart now is distracted. I'm a materialistic person, and, and the cares of this world... My priorities are all wrong now. God is, is usually the last thing in my life. The weeds are growing up, and they're choking me out. I saw a tree the other day at the, at the golf course, huge pine tree. I bet you that pine tree's got to be 50 years old, and there's a vine. It's about this big. Charlie, it's on number nine. It's right there on the side on number nine. You know what I'm talking about. And I'm looking at the tree now, and it's starting to die. 
You know why it's dying? Because that big old vine, it's about this big around, goes all the way to the top now. Y'all have seen the kudzu on the side of the road? They put it there to protect the soil from, from erosion. And the next thing you know, that kudzu starts going up into the woods. And it'll get a hold of a tree. Sometimes you see it on the power lines. It'll go up and take over a transformer. And it'll blow up. And that's what happens in your life. There will be things in your life that will come up. The thorns will get it. It'll choke off the energy. It'll choke off the electricity. And it'll put you in a place where your life is distracted from the things of God. The rich young ruler was one of those people. There were people that said, you know, Lord, Lord, I'm going to follow you. And he said, they said, but I got to go bury my father. And at the time, he was saying, he wasn't saying my father died. I got to go bury him. He was saying, when my father dies, then I'll serve you. That's what was going on there. You see, Jesus said, let the dead bury the dead. I'm going to do this, Lord. No. I've heard that there, there are four great enemies to people. Sin, self, sloth, and sex. I'd add silver to that too. The rich young ruler got distracted. He became very sad because he had a lot of wealth. A.W. Tozer said, listen, the untended garden will soon be overrun with weeds. The heart that fails to cultivate truth and root out error will shortly be a theological wilderness. I can count the leaders right now who are falling away from the gospel anything that comes in between you and your service to Christ your love for the Lord is an idol and it's a thorn it's a thistle it's a weed that'll choke it out let's look at the last part this is the good part this is the good soil this is the developed soil in verse 13, eight, eight, and, uh, chapter 13 8 and 23 others fell on the good soil where it produced a crop a hundred, sixty, or thirty that was sown. Did you know that there's a, lot of, there's a lot of soil in this room? Some of you are so close to Jesus, you're producing a crop that's a hundredfold. Some of you, sixty. Some of you, thirty. There's levels of commitment, even in ministry, even in the good soil. But he says, the one who's got ears, let him hear. But the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word. He understands it. I like that. He already understands it. Do you know when I hear the truth, you know, I, I just love it. Somebody asked me just recently, hey, would you check this book out for me? And I'll read a little bit of it. It won't take long before I'll read, see, or hear something in that book. And I'll say, we got a problem right there. Or I begin to read things and I'll say, whoo, that's rich. Bring it on. You know, I understand what they're trying to say. Bring in the truth in a different way. He produced a crop yielding 160 and 30 times. I want to be a 100 crop. I want to be a bumper crop Christian. This seed, this soil is prepared. That's the first characteristic. It hears the truth, it receives the truth, and it acts on the truth immediately. You, you see, I want my heart to be plowed up. And you know what? If you're walking with Jesus, if you're in trials and difficulty this morning, let me tell you what's happening. Whew. Jesus is plowing up your heart. And it is painful sometimes. But you just let the farmer work. You let him work. And he'll break up that. And I can't tell you. It just makes me want to weep sometimes. The things that say, can you, I wish, oh, let me change that. I'm glad that you don't hear the things that come in my mind. 
that I will say, Jerry Gray, that is the meanest thing you've ever thought. Where did that come from? I'll tell you where it came from. A callus that's formed somewhere. You see, I can still be alive and, and I can have soft skin everywhere and have calluses on my hands. There's some places in my heart that have calluses on them. And, I, and you know what? The Lord has to go in there and plow those things up. I tell you, I, got, I bought something. I'm not going to go into it long, but you, you just need to hear this. I was telling Charlie about it. And uh, I bought a putter. It was a nice putter. It was expensive. And then the, the head fell off of it. Well, I just was beside myself. I thought, this company claims that if I buy their putter, I get the same treatment as the pros do. And I texted them and did this, that, and the other. And, and you know, and I expected a new putter. And I just said, I just got to be a jerk about it. And the Lord said, hey, Jerry, why don't you stop being a jerk and go in your shop and take some epoxy and mix it together and put the head on your putter and stop acting like a big baby. That there's 300 million people in the country that wish they had the money to buy that putter. And I thought, Lord, forgive me. And I told Charlie the other day when we was playing, he said, where's your putter? I said, well, it's, it's curing now. He said, I thought you was going to send it back. I said, got right with the Lord. Sometimes you just got to look at yourself and say, you know, that's a callus right there. Knock that off. Prepare the soil. Get it right so when you come, that's very easy. In the morning before you get here, ask God to open your heart and get the, get the soil ready. I'm telling you, y'all forgive me for a minute, but sometimes I see some of you coming in the door. I mean, you look like you just got out of a fight or something. And you're, just, you're rude to people and think, you know, when visitors come, we need to make sure these folks know that we love them and care for them. And let's minister to one another. Somebody says, well, you know, we just need to be real. I think we got that figured out. I think we need to fake it till we make it. I think when you come here, the Bible, that's not, I'm not telling you to do something. The Bible, it says, as a man thinks in his heart, so is he. If you'll start thinking like you're, you're happy and enjoying life, quit worrying about everything going on in the world and other people's business, you'd be all right. You know, you'd be 90% happy if you just attend your business. Y'all all right? Just get the calluses out. Then this heart is porous. The soil was responsive. I want to tell you, I got stuff going on out there, and I looked yesterday right in the middle of these peppers that I planted. And this dirt that I moved around and stuff like that, somehow or another, some other seeds got in there. I got all kind of plants coming up in there. And I, I'm just looking. The soil was so soft and so wonderful, and it got mixed in there. I got onions coming up from, that were in there since last year. Y'all all right? You see, if you come in here and your heart is porous and it'll take the soil and it'll take the fertilizer, stuff will come up you didn't even know you had in there. Good things. It'll start producing fruit. And then it's a responsive heart. The message is received, it's understood, and then it's acted on. Listen, every time we hear truth and we don't act on it, it disappears. The birds will come get it. And then this soil is personal. Brother Jerry, what you mean? I want to show you something. It took me a long time. I never saw this. I preached this five or six times over the years. Never saw this. Now, notice verse 9, verses, start in verse 9. The first, the first nine verses don't refer to people, only places, stuff, things. 
verse 18, Jesus started using words like anyone. <laughs> Look at it in your text. And the man, the man did this. Anyone who does it, he quit talking about dirt and he started talking about people. What I mean is, is this. Don't forget that we're talking about the seed in the soil. And right now, I want to talk to you about your heart. It's personal. If a man, if anyone, and especially your pastor. And I'm telling you, man, somebody told me one time, said, well, Baptist preachers are like a wasp. They're biggest when they first hatched out. And I just laughed. I didn't understand that. And my daddy used to call me rooster a lot of times. He'd say, you're just like a rooster. And I never understood that. And, boy, you can look out there, and you got a rooster and, and ten hens. And that joke would be walking around like, yep. No, no, I'm bad, man. I'm bad. I'm bad. When you get 61, you can't tie your shoes. It's a shame that it takes that long to figure it out. Or you have to look at one of the 18-year-old boys and say, hey, can you help me pick this up? <laughs> and you realize that the softness of your heart is more important. What the Bible say? A, a tender heart and all is better than a man who can take a city. Righteousness is better than a man who can conquer a city. Amen? And what, what I want you to do is just, why, I don't know, but it takes us a little age to soften the heart sometimes. Tenderness and kindness and love with truth goes a long way. And so, Lord, soften my heart. Help me be tender. How many of y'all, after you act ugly and you have a hard heart, how many feel terrible about that? Every time. Every time. And I just think, why did I say that? Why am I so ugly sometimes? And then the Lord will say, it's all right, Adam. That's my father. Here's what we want to do. We want to produce 100. Let me tell y'all a story about a buddy of mine. Y'all know Carol and uh, Carol and Dale. So I, I was over at Center Hill, and I just love Greek. Y'all know I love the Greek language. I love Greek and the original languages in the Bible. And uh, I had about 20 students that took a Greek class at Center Hill. After a week, it went down to 10 students and two weeks it went down to five and those five stayed with me for the rest of the time went through the entire book except for one guy his name was Carol so Carol stayed with me about two or three weeks and then finished the book on his own <laughs> And then he got turned on to Greek, and he loved it, man. He just, he was crazy. And then about a year later, he comes in my office. He says, man, I got something to show you. This is awesome. And so I'm addicted to word studies, and I'm not sorry. Dr. Gray taught me if you understand the words of the Bible, you understand what the Bible means. And so I'm not a slave. I want to tell you, I have books, I have reference books, and I have a lot of commentaries. I'm not a slave to commentaries. I very seldom ever look at a commentary. Y'all all right? I look at what the words mean, and I know what the Bible means. It gives the preacher great confidence. So Carol had done a word study. It was magnificent. 
And he came in and shared it to me. He said, look, look what I found. Look at this. And uh, I was blown away. And I said, man, that's great. I took my Bible out, started making notes on my Bible. I thought, man, when I get to that, next time when I preach it, I'm going to share that. That's, that's good, Carol. That's so good. And then I realized what that was. That's a hundredfold. I taught him. He taught me. Boom. That, I said, this is where it's supposed to be right here. I wasn't jealous. Man, I just was eating the truth up. And here's what it was. It was, you know, sometimes in, the, in, the, in, the, in Acts it says, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Well, Carol showed me where the little Greek word for should be translated because of. Ooh, that's good, wasn't it? Repent and be baptized because you have forgiveness of sins. And I said, man, that's good, Carol. Wrote that in my Bible. So here's what I'm doing. I'm passing along the truth to you. Can I just say in 2022, Jesus saves. Don't be deceived. Don't be distracted. Don't be defenseless. Let's work on our hearts. And let the word change us, and then we change other people. Amen? All right, if you're here today and you don't know Jesus, I'm going to be standing right here, and we're going to give you a chance to come and receive Christ as your personal Savior. If you've been visiting with us and thought, today's the day, we're going to join Woodlake, we're coming. Uh, or if you're here and you're visiting, you can still come to the altar. We believe in prayer at Woodlake. And if you're praying for other folks, listen, Christians, you don't have anything to pray about during the invitation pray for all the kids that heard the message this week and need a personal relationship with jesus christ thank you all i love you thank you for doing such an awesome job this week let's stand father in christ's name lord there was so much done and said this week but the the message is so clear that the gospel message needs to go in our hearts we need to receive it and then we need to produce fruit. And until we are beginning to produce fruit, the evangelism process is not complete. Give folks courage to receive Christ. Those folks listening by way of the Internet, there are many of them that may have hard hearts and they may think, Boy, the seed just can't get in, Brother Jerry. I can't believe. Jesus says if you have feet, uh, faith is like a mustard seed. If you just open a crack there and ask him to put it there, can I just ask you this? Would you ask the Lord to make you willing? Just, Lord, I'm willing to be made willing. If you will just open your heart, let him in. He will soften that heart. It will become moist. And before you know it, there will be a river of, of life flowing free in Jesus' name. Will you come? This invitation's open in Christ's name. Amen.